I haven't seen you since the play. Yahoo! The biggest news of the week. Caleb, a nation mourns. <laughs> Caleb, a nation, not since 11-22-63 has one nation so mourned uh, the, the, the loss of a great visionary. Um, of course, I'm speaking about uh, the fact that Justin Lin has stepped down as director of Fast X, the 10th <laughs> film can... in the Fast and the Furious franchise. <laughs> I um, hate you so much because like... During... Ma- Mama Judd did die, but they yeah. also did make a Stephen King reference. But it wasn't a yeah. Stephen King reference. It was literally just a reference. It was a date, JFK but like... was assassinated. But Stephen King did make the book slash show 11-22-63. Caleb, let's all be honest with ourselves. That is why I know the date of the Kennedy assassination off the top of my head. Is because Thanks. he made that he made Thanks. that big book. Uh, and that Hulu show with James Franco that I certainly did not watch. And uh, I don't think he made that. But you know what I mean? Like, he, it, it's an adaptation of his work um, that one could see on Hulu if one were so inclined. But, um, no, that is why I know that. And that is actually the second time in, like, a month that someone has been like, why do you know the exact date of the Kennedy assassination? Just, like, ready to go. And I was like, Stephen, Stephen King. Stephen King wrote a book. Let's, uh, let's, our friend let's, Stefan. Stefan Urkel uh, wrote a book. No, <laughs> Stefan Urkel. Stefan Urkel. I what I what, I don't know what the demographic. I know one person in our audience who's like, "Hey, I recognize what you're talking about there," but like, I don't yeah. feel like someone seen that James Franco fucking TV show. Yeah, someone loves James Franco eleven twenty two sixty three and also the show Family Matters and like the later seasons where like Family Matters is so crazy. Because it, it was a spinoff of another show, a regular show. And it was about just, like, a regular Chicago cop, you know, played by Reginald Vell Johnson, who we remember from from films like Die Hard uh-huh. and uh, Ghostbusters 1. And he is just a regular Chicago cop. He's got his family, his daughter, who's, you know, young and coming into her sexuality, his, his dumb son, you know, he's got a nice wife, he's got, like, a grandma, there's an aunt that lives with them, you know, like, there's a whole dynamic there. Yeah. And then they introduce this little fucker named, named Urkel, named Steve Urkel. He's this little nerdy next-door neighbor kid. And slowly over the course of many seasons he will take over the show like invasion of the body snatchers he will like he will slowly transform what was a blue collar sitcom about a working class joe into a show where like a guy steps into a machine and becomes a hot guy (laughs) (laughs) just the wildest fucking trajectory i've ever seen a television show take um and it's it's like when you're reading an old comic about a sailor and you're like, okay, oh, yeah, this is interesting. Like this nautical comic, like what, I wonder where this is going. And then like 30 issues in Popeye shows up and you're like, well, I know what's <laughs> about to happen to this comic. Sure. I know, <laughs> right. I know where this is going and everyone else is about to get shoved out with, with Popeye's mighty biceps. He's about to pummel them off frame. 
Yeah, about to eliminate the the problem. You know, it's a true story. Unfortunately, he just he just came in and he fucking bulldozed <laughs> over a whole a whole comic. Um, but anyway, Justin Lin has stepped down as director of Fast X. Um, we are all brokenhearted about it. Justin Fast Lin, 10. of course. Fast ten. Fast ten. I yeah. Fast ten. Fast X. Fast X. Nope. Got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Couldn't. Couldn't. Couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, he has stepped down. There's so much speculation as to what's happening right now. Um, the currently, you know, the fingers have sort of pointed at Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel being difficult to work with, which is of course the first time we've ever heard anything like that. No one's you know, ever <laughs> suggested. <laughs> No one's ever suggested that Vin Diesel was difficult to work with. Certainly not Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh, no one, no one could have seen this coming. Who could have oh, seen? How could, um, how could we have? How could we have? And right now they're looking at. I, uh, you know, rumor is the front runner is Louis Leterrier, um, who did a couple Transporter movies with Jason Statham, um, okay. and also Edward Norton's The Incredible Hulk. Um, so this could really go in any direction. I say Vin should just step into the director's chair. I say he should just, just let him do it. Yeah, why not? Just let him go crazy. He's already like the weird architect of this franchise. I say let him do it. Just put him there. Just let him sit. Just keep it in the family is what you're saying. Put some family. Put some tape over the chair that says Justin and now it says Vin. You know what I mean? Like, just like, whatever. Yeah, it's not Justin. It's just Vin. Mm-hmm. Do what do what has been done so many times in the history of Hollywood, and like you keep a second director behind Vin Diesel. Yeah, give him his there, little, like, little shadow, job shadow. Who's there, like just in case? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, not just Vin's in case. Justin doing, Lin. Yeah, Justin Lin. Right, <laughs> but he doesn't want to be around. He has decidedly said <laughs> no, uh, which is a goddamn shame. Uh, but honestly, you know, probably good for him. Probably good for his mental health, his well-being. Yeah, you know, whatever probably you want good to do. for all sorts of things, like you know, doing movies that yeah. people don't already just kind of go. <laughs> at. But like you know, Paul Thomas Anderson was sitting in the backup chair during the production of Prairie Home Companion in case Robert Altman like fucking died in the middle of production, you know, or like sure. Sam Raimi was sitting in the backup chair on Hard Target starring Jean Claude Van Damme in case like this Hong Kong import John Woo was like fucking up the movie. You know what right. I mean? Like this is right. not just, just let Vin sit in the big chair and then just get another guy to sit behind him yeah. and just be, and like kind of fix things. Sure. <laughs> okay, think, sure. Just, just make a little actually direct, you know, <laughs> you let Vin hold the big thing, the old, school, the, like, the old megaphone. <laughs> yeah. He holds the big cone and he gets a little like beret. And, uh, I don't and then think he the gets a megaphone, though. No, I think he has a souvenir cup with Groot on it. Oh, cool. He's got a big Groot cup? That's yeah, a big Groot sick. souvenir cup. That's great. That rules. Yeah. Um, who, sh- who should sit back up with, like, Vin Diesel? Who should, um, who should park um, in, like, Hang on, I've got it. I know, the, I know the name 100%. It is... I believe in you. Um, give me 30 seconds to do Google magic absolutely. and I will absolutely, absolutely have the name for you and you will hear it yeah. and believe that there's no other possible answer. I love really, this because I'm running a... it through. I'm like, you know, Michelle McLaren, you know, who's been up for a couple big jobs. Maybe it's her time uh, to sit in the backup Vin Diesel chair. 
Um, so Chad Stahelski gets the backup, Vin Diesel. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah. Chad, handsome Chad. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah fine. <laughs> right? No. I told you. Nah. I very rarely know for a fact when I have a fact. Nah, good that, call. That, good this, call. This, this is it. <laughs> this is one, nah, good one call, of those. Good call. Uh, checks out. Checks out. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's, that, that's a great idea. Yeah, just Everybody, let Chad sit back. Yeah. He'll chill. He'll just yeah. eat craft services, and every so often he'll just like make one adjustment, and the movie is eighty percent better. <laughs> and it works for Vin Diesel um, because he can't get too involved because he is in fact directing K- uh, not Craven, Craven the Hunter, not Kane the Conqueror, Craven the Hunter, Craven the Sony. Hunter. and so they just have to line up shooting in a way that he can, you know, back seat a couple of times, and it's That's done. Great. Yeah, he's just hanging out. Yeah. Yes, of course. Sounds good. Yes. Oh, God. My brain is fucking gelatin, Caleb. What's my, gelatin? My brain. Oh, yeah, dude. My noggin. To the club. My I've... fucking noodle, dog. I got tuna casserole where a brain should be, dog. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's fucked up up there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, put a little hot sauce on there. Honestly, that's good eats. But, like, br- as a brain? No. No, as a not, brain, a, not a, a good no-go. thought processing uh, no. uh, application, but good food processing application sure yeah honestly like pretty a very simple construction get the job done it's like three ingredients but like goddamn, is it like is it just not functional as gray matter between two ears as is meant to function as a brain um because i've been selling art i've been shooting short films i am uh hunting for lodging (laughs) i just i just I've, i've been again trying to get people to date me it's too much more than one man, more than one man can take. Yeah, that's just uh, that's just been the last few years, hasn't it? Like yeah, nothing, I guess nothing so. seems uh, singularly um, palpable. Yeah, I guess I you just feel I need insane. A group for all of it. I need a group for all of it. I didn't. You know what? I had to put on socks this morning, and I did feel Too like much. I would have done better with some advisors. <laughs> so, hey guys, can we, can we get some second opinions on these yeah. socks? Can I get a secretary hey, of the state of my clothing? Yeah, we Just... need a Chad Stahelski for <laughs> every aspect of our lives. Just like Chad Stahelski yeah. sits behind me in a little chair and he goes like, no, not like, do it like this. Just like move it. Just move that over there. It's going to be great. Don't say that. Say this. Yeah. Oh, also, if it's not Chad Stahelski, um, it's got to be no bomb camp. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no disrespect, but like my man could use the work. No Blomkamp could use a fucking yeah. job. Where the fuck did he go? Because I feel like I well, he's in kind of director jail, Caleb. Uh, For what? He's in uh, making a couple bad movies in a row, and people, you know, we were we were so hot on District Nine as a society, as a planet, as a world. We were so hot on District Nine. Elysium went over like cold soup, but soup that was not supposed to be cold. I'm not saying it's like the worst movie in the world. Oh, it's not Marjorie like, Taylor Greene's Gazpacho Police. No, amazing. Let never forget <laughs> that. I hope you make that same joke in like a year. I hope Gazpacho Police. Like how every every six months I just tweet the words Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Yes, you I just do. I don't every want anyone. Like, what? I don't want anyone to forget. <laughs> I don't want anyone to forget. Yeah, and then Chappie was like, I don't know how you personally feel about Chappie. I didn't even see the film Chappie. Chappie went over like Tom Hooper's cats. Chappie was a like for Hollywood and uh, the critic society and (laughs) audiences around the world was kind of like a maybe we backed the wrong horse. (laughs) 
<laughs> Making us reevaluate. Uh, I am um, um, Chappy. I, I'm, I'm partial to it because I do like Neil Blomkamp. Uh, mostly because I think his, his, his hold on realizing sci-fi uh, things is pretty good. Um, I do. Uh, I am also very aware that his stories are. Uh, if Ham Fisted needed a poster child. Um, but, uh, no, I think Chappie has its merits. I think it's a bad movie, but I think it has its merits. Um, I've realized over the last several months that I'm largely a person that's really hard to displease at the movie theater. Um, so, I mean, props to Morbius that did in fact find that vein in a way that (laughs) I did not think was possible. It was the one. And even then I did have to like talk you down a little bit. I did (laughs) have to make you go like, no, that was bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you know what honestly like good for you like it seems like you would you enjoy a lot of films and uh, again good for you sure um, yeah i think some people are like oh you're not a real critic because you're not critical of much and i'm like not, eh, that's silly no i just think i only go see things i have a pretty good idea i'm gonna like again morbius being the outlier yeah. Yeah. um i went into that theater very much uh as a person walks into a room they know they're about to be fired from uh <laughs> But, oh my god, Caleb! Follow me, follow me on Neil Blomkamp here, because I was curious. Because I'm like, God damn, I have not heard from this dude in a minute. He did a bunch what of shorts. He did a bunch of I shorts. I mean, a I know million fact, short well, he, films. He started Oats Studios, which was like a small, uh-huh. uh, for lack of a better term, uh, incubator. What's the what's the t- what's the word, term in tech where they yeah. have like, shared workspaces that have a bunch yeah, of yeah. yeah. So he let a bunch of people direct things, work on things, build things up. Uh, under his like little production house, Oats Studios, um, they made a short called Raka that was really good, that had potential to go somewhere. And of course, as you are looking at his IMDb page, never did. Um, Zygote had Dakota Fanning in it, that was also very good. Um, he and then Neil Blomkamp directed a movie that came out last year. Yeah, Demonic. It's a yeah. It used a lot of VR technology. And we did not. Well, perhaps you heard of it. Oh this yeah, I is love the it. first. I am becoming aware that this exists, and for a guy who directed District Nine, I mean, that's just that's a bummer to me. That's a yeah. big, big bummer. Yeah, and if you look at the cast, also you can tell that like it's even hard for uh, casting directors to find like big name casts that want to participate. Not to shake it, not not to be. I mean, the in any way demeaning yeah. to any of the people that are in it, but like it's a cast of people that you see on TV largely, um, and it, it was a smaller like market movie. Uh, I don't it, know anybody who watched it and talked to me about it. It no, I've literally never heard of it. It it feels like Alex Garland has the career that we all thought. Neil Blomkamp would have. And to a lesser extent that we thought Dan Trachtenberg would have. What did Dan Um, shut him down to? Dan Trachtenberg did 10 Cloverfield Lane in 2016. Huge debut feature. That thing went over like gangbusters. I know it wasn't like the biggest theatrical hit in the world, but like was a huge critical and audience success. Um, Universally agreed upon that that movie whips ass 
And then, you know, he was one of the guys that was attached to Uncharted for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he he just got attached to several different things. And then, but in the last, since 10 Cloverfield Lane, he's directed four episodes of television. Yeah, he That's, directed the pilot of The Boys, right? I remember that. Yeah, he did The Boys. He did a Black Mirror. He did a Waterworld television show, sure. And no, that's, uh, that's doesn't even look like that hasn't come out yet. That hasn't even been filmed yet. But here he comes. Here is his big comeback play. Dan Trachtenberg, director of Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh, he's Are doing you familiar? the prequel. He's doing the prequel Predator movie. He's doing. I am excited. Predator about this movie. set in the fucking Comanche Nick Cale. Yeah, that's dog. an incredible I, of, of, of movie of like pitch. Of, yeah, of like hey. um... We want to make this thing, but we want to change it. We want to we want to make it fresh. Most of the time, I hear that and I verp the smallest, sometimes largest we, amount. We have not honestly had a fully solid Predator follow up. No, Ever. like mm-hmm. it's Predator Two. You know, people like various ones to various different degrees, but there has not been a here is a completely solid second Predator movie. Yeah. However. When they pitched one Predator that takes place versus... in a Native American community, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, let's fucking go. Seventeen hundreds Comanche Nation versus Predator, yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That sounds great. Yeah, uh, I hope this is a big one for Dan. Um, I hope they don't just dump it like straight to Hulu or some shit. That would be so. That'd be such a bummer. I want to see a. I want to react with a bunch of people as. <laughs> As a bunch of people, as the, as the predator, when the predator shows up, I think the cast is largely First Nation as well, at least yeah, so far. And they're all like unknown First yeah. Nation actors, which yeah. is good. Hey, that's a that's the that's the right way to go. It says here. summer you don't need this it. year. Hell yes, my uh, boys. Please, please. please. Also, <laughs> like, uh, as a person who buys beer and many things based on how well <laughs> you designed the case slash I mean, sure. wrap whatever. Market me, baby. It works. That's everyone. You're just honest about it. Sure. Yeah. The poster from Prey. Yes. Fucking rules. It's so good. It's so Great. good. Minimalist poster. Rock. There's a lot of video games that could learn a lot from just better, better box art. Um, oh, you I'm, mean? Are, I'm one of those are guys you a little tired like of white guy of, turned of around with gun <laughs> over shoulder, yes. looking three quarter turn? Are you uh, a little tired of that? tired of it's being generous kev i have grown weary i would say yeah 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 very much and i i scroll through the stores frequently because i'm i am nothing if not a good little capitalist and i want to spend money on the things that i like and i will frequently get through a store perusing session and go you know there's probably a good thing in there that i might like but i didn't click on it because it didn't look like it was good and you gotta get you gotta get better at that everybody you gotta market yourself well don't market yourself well. <laughs> this is, of course, Advanced Media Studies, the podcast where we aim to talk about every piece of pop culture ever created, one ever. week at a time. Uh, welcome back to our Mythic Pod Quest as we barrel through Apple TV Plus's Mythic Quest. Our journey is almost at net. <laughs> this yeah, is getting this, there. This will freaking this will freaking sneak up on you, my dog. Yeah. Um, I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, but you might know me better as the Nebula Award-winning uh, writer of Tales of the Anorin. I am the daddy host, Caleb, the host with the mostest kids. The pause, 
And um, if I, I've had, uh, it's been a long time since I finished a book, Kevin. Uh, but if I ever did finish a book, it would in fact be because it was actually written by Isaac Asimov. Of course. Which is what I used to open last episode, but I'm a dumb, dumb boy. And uh, oopsie poopsies. <laughs> no one is going to call you out on it. No. We're all thinking about it, but I was going <laughs> to let you have it. I appreciate I that. Gonna, I appreciate I was gonna that. Let you off scot free. Oh, like um, Ridley Super Scott's cool. production company. Oh, is it called Scott Free? That's a great. It's name called Scott That's Free. That's what I would do. That's what I would choose. Yeah. Did it's Tony black, Scott the get bird, to share it's that? The bird flying. Uh, oh, the little, bird flying. Little picture. Yeah. Did Did Tony get to double up on that, or is that just a Ridley joint? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. And there's no way to look this up. Um, uh, it was founded in 1970 by Tony and, and Ridley. Tony and Ridley. Great. I'm glad it was a it was a collaborative effort um, to, you know, hit or miss directors. But when they hit. Oh, yeah. Damn. There you go. You've seen this image. You've seen this. <laughs> I just shared it. Oh, yeah. I've seen that many times having no context for what that meant. You're absolutely yep. right. That's the Ridley Scotts. Yeah. On your end of the Skype, is there also a picture that refuses to load? Um, Where is it? That is always okay. Then no, you don't. It's just on my end. That is my curse to have this at the bottom of the Skype chat. Always this, this partially the... <laughs> loaded picture of Idris Elba as a cat. I guess that's just me. Oh, that you deserve that. Me. You deserve that. I don't. Because, I can't. You know what see? it is for me? It's perfectly. It's perfectly, it's perfectly loaded aligned. on mine. Yeah. Wow. No, that's, amazing. It's great. There was one that didn't load when I was inundating you with images. It's just, it's a bummer. And I can't even see it. I just, I know what it is. I know what this partially loaded image yeah, is. Sure. And I will <laughs> carry that with me to my yeah, grave. You have it to is walk honestly, around with yeah. it is a worse punishment. This is my telltale heart, right? Like you're not being able to see it is, is all the worse. Yeah, sure. Um, and my not being able to see it is all the worse. That is, that is, that is, again, I will, I will have to carry this with me uh, <laughs> for all my days. And yeah. it's great. going to be... Let's talk about some Mythic Quest, Let's shall do it. we? Let's do it. Um, because I'm sure that this will not awaken any lingering memories for me. There's nothing in these episodes that will resonate with me. No. There's nothing that will speak to emotional, honest truths. No, no, no. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. None. Nothing at all. Something about this is what made me existentially look at my own hands. <laughs> Why would you suggest such a thing? I can't. I can't imagine why you would even say that. Yeah. Uh, also, this is this is thirteen percent alcohol by volume. Oh yeah, maybe that feels high. Is that high? Yeah. That feels high. Yeah, it's a little high. I mean, the highest is like forty six percent, but that's not a beer right. anymore. But that's you can't just like drink that. No. <laughs> the can of that I will did. knock you the fuck out. Yeah, I did a I did a comedy show once, and we needed like a nasty drink on stage and we were we use our free drink tickets as performers we're like just bring us some nasty shit we need this for for a yeah. show and yeah. and they came back with like a bottle of essentially like paint stripper <laughs> like yes. it was it was what you would use to like sterilize birds from an oil spill it was just it was beautiful yeah. and we took like little sips of it on stage throughout the show and like it was so hard to like retain and swallow and from like three gulps three tiny like wine tasty sips i was plastered on stage like it was so it was so uh, no. fucked up 
Yeah. Um, Someone brought you some Malort, it sounds like. Yeah, it was it was it was a grain alcohol of some varietal. I can't remember, but it is like it is pretty funny if you listen back to that sketch on the sure. the Puff and Publishing Just podcast. Hear people progressively lose their own sanity. <laughs> yeah, it's really great, and hearing ourselves like lose our higher cognitive faculties in front of <laughs> in front of celebrity at the time Ken Bone. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, of, just losing it. In front of Ken Bone, you remember Ken Bone? That name does our, sound very familiar to me. He was the guy. He had a red sweater, and he got up and he asked uh, Hillary and Trump uh-huh. about climate change and sure. renewable energy. And people and the internet was like, "What a hero!" And he, he became a meme. People were like, "I love Ken Bone." He was a St. Louis local, and because uh, that was where that second debate was, it was at like Washington University in St. Louis or something like that. Oh. And uh, he became a local celebrity. And then you know what always happens? He got milkshake ducked. They found his like Reddit, and he talked about like pregnant women being human submarines or whatever. Just like a oh, bunch of weird boy. shit. And he got, like, semi-canceled, you know, like, but nobody cared. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was just, like, whatever. Uh, Ken Bone, uh, uh, nice guy. Did comedy with him. He was a nice, he was a charming man. I don't mean, I'm not disgracing you, Ken Bone. It was just, you were, you're a a milkshake duck. You got milkshake ducked. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Perfect. Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest, but specifically... Season 2, Episode 6, Backstory, uh, directed by Rob McElhaney, written by Craig Mazin. Uh, This episode is entirely a flashback episode, back to the 70s, to a young Carl Longbottom, uh, who is coming up at a uh, science fiction magazine called Amazing Tales, I want to say. Very, like, 60s Marvel-ass name. Yeah. Um, Amazing Fantasy is the Marvel magazine that, uh, at least Spider-Man debuted in. I want to say maybe Doctor Strange as well. Anyway, um, uh, uh, Amazing Tales, and he comes up with two other writers, and they become a sort of uh, a tripod, a triptych. Uh, but as happens so often in these types of scenarios, professional jealousies, uh, spring to the surface. Isn't a triptych like a piece of art? Trip, trip, triptych. A picture or relief carving in three panels, typically hinged. Sure. (laughs) Oh, a set of three associated artistic, literary, or musical works. So, thank you. I give it to 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 you. They're a force dyad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, they're a A triumvirate. A triumvirate. Yeah, a triumvirate. For sure. Because we needed. Sorry, I just did the like English major bullshit thing. We needed to put a name on Ray and Kylo being connected. They can't just be connected. No, no, no. Must have a must have a rule. It must have a wiki entry about why they're connected and what that means. Can't just be two humans. Best best friends. Best friends around the world shuddered. I hate. I. Force dyad, fucking force dyad. I if I met a force dyad in the street, I'd fucking spit on it. Oh boy, punch him right in their silly mouths. Silly mouths. You had to ruin a good thing like that. Any anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah, again, garbage, this episode. Garbage, garbage, 
I don't resonate with any level of this episode. There's nothing that speaks to honest truths among creators and writers. There's nothing nothing oh. resonant about the guy whose work just doesn't work in this inarticulatable way and cannot process notes as to why it doesn't work. I mean, you <laughs> and I have never been in scenarios like that. You and I have certainly never been that person. <laughs> no, oh, God. Can you imagine? <laughs> that would be crazy. That would be nuts. Can if you I, imagine? If that was you and me. Absolutely me. mental. Can you imagine? You mad lad. <laughs> that would never be me. <laughs> never. What? No. This is uh, the best episode in all the of the story Mythic of Quest. A girl. <laughs> this Sorry. is the story of a boy. His name is Carl Longbottom. He wants to feel joy. I don't know. Feel joy. He does want to feel joy. Yes. The joy of, pub- of publishing his work, of being approved by one of uh, his his heroes. I mean, who among us? I. This is the difference between Carl Longbottom and me, though. Is that like, you know, if I was in an elevator with John Cassavetes, rest his soul. I don't think I would be able to give John Cassavetes my script. <laughs> sure. Do yeah. You know? There are a lot of people that I would love to end up in an elevator with. And I think almost none of them would receive anything physical from me. I would never. No. no. As it, most of them kind of have a platform basically fully against it. Right. And it's not like it's no hard feelings, but it's like, God, if every time I was in one of these scenarios, someone hands me, you know, a, a script. I've been, you know, I went to a, a Spike Lee talk in like 2016 and, True. you know, someone handed him, like he got offered so many like Blu-rays and scripts of various like film projects and things. And it's just, most of them just have to like not accept it because like, yeah, because if also, they end up then making they're not going to fucking in, watch it. Well, that, and also if they end up making something that's somewhat, because they remembered watching Similar, it, uh-huh. If, they were they forgot that they watched this thing years ago that they had no emotional or mental investment in and then that idea yeah. pops up in a different form three years from then some kid can, can be like I that it was in their hands uh-huh uh-huh yep. and that's why them. i'll give it to them. that's that's why most that's why every comic book writer and i i'm sure television writers have a like zero tolerance do not send me story ideas yeah. do not like you you cannot send me your pitches i cannot read them um and 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 just about every comic book writer has like a very firm like stance like yeah. i cannot read it um yeah. because it puts everyone in a legally actionable position also similarly ick- icky um most places that do require um, or not required places that ask for pitches or places that require that you give that you send in examples will often have a disclaimer on them that say like if something that shows up later that is resemblant of your work they cannot be held responsible like that yeah. that happens too so like most of yeah. the time just keep your shit to you is what keep i keep your shit what to I've yourself is i mean like you know them. if you are applying for a job that's one thing that's a different thing sure. right like if you are if you are open for a writer's position but like yeah you keep it to yourself which is honestly like it's so funny that like in the you know in the world of like old twilight zones or, or, or old star trek and shit like that they would take your script yeah <laughs> like yeah. they they would use it <laughs> 
Yeah. If you sent it in, there's a chance that they would use it. No, there was a time um, where you could send it in and they would be like, dope, we like this a lot. Here's $2,000. Great, uh, yeah. Take take the 2000 Very generous. $200. Two, <laughs> very yeah, generous. Sure. I mean, I guess adjusted for inflation. Here's, here's, oh, sure, sure, here's sure. Here's $2,000. Sure. Uh, but yeah, in the 80s and the 70s, hey, here's 100 yeah. bucks, kid. You're going to see uh, your script in uh in 10 episodes or some yeah. dumb shit in this in this episode um what does what does Anne get paid for her story it's like a hundred bucks or something like that yeah yeah it's skippy it's, it's amazing to watch this episode to watch her receive 100 dollars for getting her short story published and realize that freelance rates have not increased <laughs> in 50 years yeah yeah, it's like, it's like when you watch Greta Gerwig's Little Women, and Tracy Letts buys Saoirse Ronan's short story, and he's like, "I'll give you this much for it," and you're like, "Freelance rates have not gone up in a hundred years, huh? A <laughs> hundred years they have remained stagnant." You are telling me, yeah, a hundred years. It's great, isn't huh. it? Fucking oof. <laughs> Huh. I never uh, I never find myself in deep existential pain when I think about what time. Uh, yeah, when I'm like, you know what? I you know what? I actually fucking did this. I tried to. I decided in 2020 that like I was going to aim for doing freelance and um yeah. I got one piece published advice and that felt good. But then like great. I of course was the guy who made that decision. Right before everybody's budgets radically shrunk. <laughs> yup. And uh, freelance is one of the most unreliable uh, hair pulling fucking things in the world. I can't imagine subs- like trying to subsist off of hoping the thing that you spent fifty hours making would get, you know, just a couple hundred bucks. Good lord. <sighs> Yeah, be and like you feel greedy asking for it. You're like, I spent yeah. so long on it. Can you just give me like three hundred dollars? Yeah, yeah. Can you give me enough I that feel... I can pay for? Let's see. Hold on, I gotta pull up my um, groceries and uh, oil change. I just need to cover those two. Please. I'll, yeah, I'll buy exactly. I'll buy ten boxes of sixty cent Marichan ramen noodles and. Just live off of riboflavin and, and yellow dye number five for the next three weeks. <laughs> you know what? I hear there's a lot of nutrients in yellow dye number five. I think you're, um, I think you're in a good spot. But um, yeah, it's great. It's very, it's excellent. It's excellent to know um, that this is uh, uh, that those have remained stagnant. Yeah. Um, but this episode is so good. It's interesting that because Rob McElhaney has directed two episodes of Mythic Quest. It is this, and it is Dark Quiet Death. Yeah. Which says a lot of interesting things about Rob McElhaney's aspirations as a as a as a director, sure. as a filmmaker. Because um, I know there there was this moment in like 2013, 2014, maybe up to twenty fifteen, where um, the the Sunny Trio were like accepting scripts for like films mm. and and pilots as yeah. like they were trying to start like an independent. Uh, production company. Yeah, like, uh, the, beyond... like the Affleck and Damon thing was like yeah. Project Greenlight. Uh, Project Greenlight, right? But it wasn't going to be like a show. It was just going to be like an off. Like we and and I don't think anything ever really became of that. 
to to yeah. my recollection. But he does have outside of Sonny these sort of aspirations that Sonny, by nature of its very self, and they're good for not changing this, just like does not allow for. Except for the one moment in all of Sonny where they have broken that rule. Sure. Um which is the I uh, the that one finale episode with the incredible yeah, Mac dance. dance sequence in the in the prison, which yeah. is just like it's breathtaking. It also yeah. like kind of breaks Sunny in a in, in a weird 100%. sort of way. It kind of like shatters the show a little bit <laughs> um, to like oh you actually feel bad for Ronald McDonald <laughs> for a second, and um, it's it's interesting that like. He does have these outside aspirations. I mean, we were talking about it a little bit last week, and it's like, yeah, maybe this show should just be a drama. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe again with these two again, episodes back again, to back. Again, yeah, dude. Maybe this and should the, just and be the a, fucking a drama. next episode. Yeah, exactly. We have three episodes yeah. in a row that are not funny. Not. I mean, like they have little funny incidental like human moments. Like you, right? Can, I don't mean they, not funny in that like yeah. they try and they aren't. I mean not exactly. funny in that they don't try because they aren't. Especially right. funny stories they're telling. So it's like maybe just like maybe just go for that. <laughs> maybe yeah. just let that have it. You were if if Mythic Quest kind of honestly just became like an anthology show about video games throughout history. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, why not? Um, watch that shit. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, there was that. Are, are you familiar with the book uh, Console Wars? Yeah. Um, about about Sega versus Nintendo. I yeah. remember that like Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg were trying to get like a film version of that, like a like a dramatized version of that, off the ground for a while. And I'm sure what stopped it is just like legally trying to clear all that shit by both Sega and Nintendo. Yeah. Nintendo yeah, especially was extremely touchy feely about this shit. I'm sure was just ridiculous was impossible it's an it's an insurmountable task so the most that we could hope for is someone doing a thinly reskinned version of it yeah yeah <laughs> and mythic quest would be such a show to accomplish such a thing um apparently they are almost done filming season three so we were they will finish really? filming season three this month yes my my inside know. sources my sleuths <laughs> have come back to me the and sleuths. reported yes um, yes that that they my 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 moles my rats um <laughs> have, have they've they've dug up their dirt and they brought it back to me and apparently they will finish filming season three this month so Emperor nice. abraham left the show months and months ago but they only just told us <laughs> Sure. They only just they only like just announced it. They do that interesting. Sometimes. I mean, you know, also it may have been an an instance of like, well, no one knows because no one's looked, and now people are asking. So I guess we should say something or you know whatever. Uh, we we gotta say it at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Checks checks out. Um, but I just I just find this this emotional story about fucking CW. You know, the old pervert to be so compelling it's a remarkably well acted pair of episodes yeah. by all involved from, also, from yeah. craig mazin in his second role on the show <laughs> as the the guy who likes his tuna fish sandwiches the editor and fucking big head <laughs> from from silicon valley um, yeah like that's not a guy i look to no. for fucking there is a moment in the first season where we see a photo of young cw and i remember watching this show last year going is that fucking big head? Is that big head spaghetti dog? <laughs> and then and then he didn't show up again. I'm like, well, it can't be big head. 
Like, they wouldn't just get... I know that he's not, like, a name actor, but I was like, that's a recognizable guy, is Big Head yeah. from Silicon Valley. Sure. And then here he is. And I'm like, did they... Did they know? Or did they, like, go back and film it and then like reinsert it into the edit of oh, do you know what i mean i'm sure i'm, I'm sure did that they like, patch mythic quest season one yeah put sure. That in there? sure i'm sure that like josh brenner is somehow friends with somebody in the always sunny crew and so it was like sense. i'd love to do this episode with you but like don't know if we can but like what if you could be this person and they're like yeah sure whatever and then later they were like, so we get to do it. We get to do it. You want to come do it? And they did it. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm trying to look know. at his, like, his, I'm looking at his uh, filmography and I'm not. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing a, you're not seeing a crossover. You're not, not yet. A, not yet. But Big Head is one of those guys that he just shows up in things. I'm like, hey, Big Head. <laughs> I just right. like to see him. I just, right. I, rec- I get a little, get a little pop every time he, he pops up. Um, but all of it is just so, so good. Like, there's that rhythmic sequence where, like, CW is, like, writing and rewriting. The the, the flickering bulb is such an interesting yeah. um, method because it, it accomplishes multiple things simultaneously of being, like, obviously this is a rundown apartment. This is someone who's, like, not taking care of his surroundings. But also it is, like, a tension razor. That yeah. it's like it's it's blinking in and out at odd times. It's very unsettling. The music, the fucking score in this episode is unbelievable. And they're like bringing it up every time. Like the light is is flickering, and it's like it's all these the different disparate pieces working together in, in sure. strange and interesting ways. It's really really well done and executed on every level. And I of course am just such a fucking slut for seventies like fashion and design. You know, yeah. like I just yeah. I I. I put out for those like deep, dark grained woods, the terrible, garish clothing. Yeah, the, matches. the the brown and off brown. Oh yeah. And and, oh, and yeah. offer brown, and mm. then like golden brown paisley ties. Earth tone. Yes, <laughs> baby. Yes. yes, and then like earth tone fucking cardigans. Yes. Oh, earth tone cardigans. So and the fucking Heinlein books stacked next to each other, it's gone. That's, that's perfect. Yes. That's the aesthetic. That's yeah. that's the way to fucking go. Honestly, if you look at so the good. cover of just about any tour book, you know exactly <laughs> what you're what we're talking about. Uh-huh. The oh, typeface has yes. been the same for fifty fucking years. And they the rules, always use it art. It, it's perfect. They always use art that's got that like wonderful like the it's like the, it's like it's the dusty painterly. record sound yeah mm-hmm. but in the picture <laughs> like it's a, fuzzy a distressed yeah cover it's like the covers come like pre-distressed yes <laughs> like, yeah someone uh, takes someone takes some light grain sandpaper and rubs the cover and back cover of every book i have like four of them on my bookshelf right now i know uh, exactly uh, yeah dude ooh, it's ooh, a ooh. The whole ass fucking look yeah, it gets me fucking going. Yeah. Hum and hum. Yeah, I'm suddenly yeah, very absolutely. hungry and thirsty simultaneously. Yeah, wowie zowie. Uh, it's fucking, it's good. It's, I, I love it. So you fucking, you, you lay that out for me and I'm going to dig in with fucking knife and a fork. Hell it's yeah. fucking good. Um, rocks and it rolls. And like, I just, there's something so recognizable about the behaviors of the three writers, especially when they start trading stories, 
yeah. right? Especially once that start and they start critiquing. That is the beginning and the end of every writer's group. That yeah. is the it 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 always marks the and I, hey, you know, again, I'm sure you and I have been in situations where like this person is a dear friend of mine. We get along so well. I do not respond to the art that they have created. Sure. Right? It's like I have I I do not resonate with this or God help you, I do not think it's very good. And honestly, I bet you and I have both been on the other side of that conversation as yes, well. Absolutely. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who think I'm a swell enough guy and just like don't like my podcasts or my comics or my films and you know what? That's fine. You're you know, keep living. I just don't want to hear about it. Just don't tell me. Yeah. Yeah. You can keep that locked up, which is also why I don't send anything to anyone for notes. Yeah. And in turn, I do not expect anyone to send things to me for notes. This yeah. keeps our friendships happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. how we exist harmoniously. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had several people be like, will you read this? And I'm like, because I'm nice. I'm like, yeah. And then uh, I, I get it and I don't. <laughs> I never do, and I feel no. bad at some point, no. and then and then I, later and then later I'm like, I don't feel bad because if I had said something, I'm sure it would have been like the one thing that they didn't want to hear. Yeah, people. It's don't weird read though. My shit. I am the king of not reading shit that people send me, and it's not <laughs> on purpose. I just like I got stuff going. I'm sorry. I just I, I don't remember to sit down and read the yeah, thing sure. that has been sent to me and i've done it to you my friend and i am sorry but like that's oh, fine i uh i did it to me yeah <laughs> yeah I sent uh, you, you sent you me and jace uh i did to look over before mm-hmm. sure oh <laughs> uh, i did i wrote like a yeah. horror story last year and i was like weird right, right? i do remember this and, it, yeah. and it's like i love you i just i didn't get around to it no nope. and i don't get around to anyone's and nope. no one gets around to mine. And it's great. It works. It's it works out that way. What's even funnier, though, is that we all, we all at some point have talked about how much we love, like, feedback. I mean, yeah. And it's just, but it's not true. Because <laughs> we don't want it. But it's, it's not true. No one wants it. It's really weird. We're all lying to ourselves, right? Yeah. Or, or lying to each other. When we say we want feedback, when we say we want constructive criticism, no, we don't actually no actually no and like and most people are bad at giving notes in several ways because oh that's when i discovered that i didn't actually want yes feedback most folks is it like in college i got feedback from people that was like this isn't actionable this doesn't even make sense also i think it's wrong so ignoring it is going to be my modus operandi Yes, Oops. I've been, you know, in, in various classes, script writing and, and, and prose, you know, um, I've, I've, I've been in those situations and like, you just have to like sit there and take it. And you're like, I don't like this at all. And it's a completely <laughs> different scenario. Yeah. If you're like, uh, you know, if, if, if you're an author of a book and you're working with an editor, that's different than notes. That's like a collaboration between yes. an author and an editor uh, or, 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 you know, a, a filmmaker and their editor, you know, like any, 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 any different combination that's different, but like no one really wants the outside notes and people feel like they have to give notes 
when if they read the story without needing to give notes there are things they would be fine with otherwise but they feel like they have to give notes so they come up with things to give notes about and also people are bad at conveying what is actually wrong so they hone in on things and you're like well that's not really like the actual issue you know what i mean like in a lot of cases it's not even coming from somebody that like when they start giving i'm about to sound really up my own ass but like when they start giving structural advice i'm like you don't know what you're talking about (laughs) do you and if you do like no (laughs) i mean no um and so like as soon as these writers start trading their stories back and forth like you know you know it's over because like someone's not gonna bring it even if they're your dear friend and you're not gonna respond to it and then you have to sit through like the you both sides of the conversation which is the most awkward thing you've ever dealt with in your entire life don't don't send things to people ever yeah don't just don't do it just don't do don't it do it sometimes you love a person and they just don't resonate with your shit do you yeah. know what i mean like they yeah. they're like i love you as a human i don't get your art yes <laughs> also all. yes um, and that can be very difficult. And and balancing that is interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I also love, at the end of this episode, back to Mythic Quest. Yes. I love, at the end of this episode, I guess the end, the second third. Uh, second third, I'll say. Uh, no, it's the, it's the last third. It's the last third. Uh, when CW sees the, the Magnavox and Pong um, and, yeah. like, has his moment of, like, it, it's all going to be digital a One big pixel, virtual become 16, world become 32 the, a line vibrating out like lightning you know like he yeah. goes on that it on has that his whole... fever has his fever dream about video games i love it so i love it so much wild. i love it so much yeah it's 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 so interesting as like a, a a dramatic beat and then of course it pays off in I forget if it's the very end of the episode or kind of like an end tag. I can't really like recall the exact uh, editing of it, but the scene at the end with Ian and Poppy and like really brings that around yeah. uh, full circle wholesale. You know, it, it really like circulates that back around. Yeah, 100%. Um, and it just, it fucking, it fucking boinks. I don't know. Boinks. It's just, it's, it's really powerful. All of the, you know, no main cast members appear until that scene at the fucking Ren Fair. And, but the performances across the board are, are really, really strong. It, it uh, resonates emotionally with anyone who's ever been in a creative partnership group or, or, yeah. or been stepped upon creatively. Um, I can't speak to its, um, you know, accuracy of representing 70 sci-fi magazines or whatever, but it feels like, do you remember that movie? Don't think twice. It's directed by Mike Birbiglia. Um, it has Keegan Michael Key and, and, and Gillian Jacobs. It's about like a New York improv team. Um, no. Chris Gethard and Kate Micucci. Good movie. Um, okay. And and a lot of people in my circles, you know, for obvious reasons, will nitpick its like lack of quote unquote accuracy. Sure. But like what that movie gets so right is the emotional accuracy sure. of like professional jealousies even in a group of your friends and your peers and your collaborators and like one you know keegan michael key in that movie starts taking off and going to snl and chris gethard is still selling samples at whole foods you know like it's 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 it uh and that that 
resonate so strongly in that movie that I can forgive, like, its slight inaccuracies to how the actual mechanics of things work. Sure, Um, yeah, of course. I thought that way about um, Lithic Quest initially, right? Like, we've talked about it. It's a book-based comedy. Um, There are things that are like, well, obviously this couldn't be like this, or people would get fired. But then you're like, it's a show, whatever. And then the rest of the dynamic is like, oh, yeah, no. The, like, mental power struggles between Poppy and Ian, very real. The f- literal physical ones probably probably don't happen that much. Especially not between male and female co-workers in that way. It's much more just male co-workers being assholes. But, yeah, no, 100%. Like, it's it, it nails the emotional... It grounds itself emotionally and through character. Um, the flashbacks do that really well. The show does that really well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking it's rules. Just, it's fucking... It's good. Um, and it only uh, somehow... Like, it's a complete piece unto itself, but then it provides the perfect stepping stone for the next episode. Yeah. It, it, to, to like, honestly kind of resolve it in a way that but it it's completely satisfying unto itself so you don't even feel like it needs resolution yeah 100%. um and then and then we get the next episode it's like a it's like a great sequel in that way like a godfather 2 or a before sunrise or or any of these things where like the first piece is so total and complete yeah and then the the next piece somehow enhances it and closes loops that you didn't think needed fucking closing yeah yeah i didn't realize that was a loop but yeah. I guess I'd been going around like this for a little yeah. while, and then I came back around. And I'm like, oh, it was a loop. I was in a loop. I was in a um, loop. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah, and that loop uh, continued into season two, episode seven, Peter, directed by Todd Bierman, written by Humphrey Kerr. Uh, in this episode, Rachel drives CW up to the home of his old writing friend, Peter, uh, played here by the big Hurt, William Hurt. Yes. Um, and uh, they have both been sort of bamboozled into this meeting by Peter's daughter, played by the same actor who played Anne in Backstory. Um, so good, good casting there. Um, yeah, so it's almost as if Anne was the one who was bringing them back together. Interesting. Yeah, and, it's also uh, almost as if Anne was the one that was the most the reason for the contention between the two of them in the first place. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, God, and you feel that? I mean, Jesus, you've you've been in a scenario where like someone's crushing on someone, but you know it ain't reciprocated, and things are about to get like dirty and personal. Ugh, man, it's fucked up. Fucked up of that episode to uh, do this to us as a society uh but they uh come to blows but ultimately end up reconciling in a peaceful sort of way um around the 20th chapter in the hammerfell saga um and uh bringing back the lemon trees uh from from a tiny little moment in in backstory um growing this huge lemon grove in their backyard and it's um it's beautiful man yeah it's beautiful. Um, uh, super unexpected. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, we keep saying, we got to start watching things or reading things that are more easy to predict, I guess. I don't know. But, like, we talk about community and we talk about uh, sure. 
Witcher, and we talk about this and like every. Maybe we just have good taste in shows, so maybe I'll just take that. Take this, that <laughs> could little, be, could be. I'll take the little uh, insult I guess I was giving us back. But like the fact that like we get backstory and it's so good that we're like, fuck. And then the next episode is also so good that we're like, fuck. <gasps> like, come on, man. At some point, you have to start expecting it, or you're gonna start looking like an idiot. Uh, I guess <laughs> this episode's really good. It's really good. Yeah. It's way more it's really... touching and intimate than I thought it would be. Absolutely. Again, a show that's like mostly written itself up to be pretty funny. Um, taking a much, again, much more of a backseat and talking about like these two dudes, like long feud with each other that's kind of built out of bullshit is a really interesting take on like why to tell a story. Uh, I dig it. Mucho. Yeah. Mucho. Oh, I forgot um, to to make my quote for this episode. It was like, oh, am I also the one who gave you a face like a fucked ass? Because I thought that was your mother. <laughs> God damn it. My, oh, also, my inebriated state. Josh Brenner's young CW is so good. It's really good. It's like, it's a good... You understand how he becomes F. Murray Abraham without it yeah. being like an impression, right? Um, it's like it's really it's really strong. Um, it's a good it's good casting. I there's a part of me that almost wishes it had been uh, Tony Revolori just for the uh, Grand Budapest Hotel uh, verisimilitude, um, where he plays a young F. Murray Abraham in a complete bit of race blind casting. There's no there's sure. no way it logically makes sense that Tony Revolori becomes F. Murray abraham uh but wes anderson he'll do that he'll fu- he'll fuck around like that he'll fuck around like that. um he'll fuck around like that but yeah this is this is the first time we've seen cw in the flesh in the entire season um and as of yeah. the announcement of f murray abraham leaving the show one of the last times that we will see him in the flesh um and uh, yeah in watching this episode in retrospect now knowing that yeah, it's a pretty perfect finale for this character. I yeah. believe he's in the next two episodes, but like he doesn't hold any dramatic weight. This is right. really the resolution for this. Right, character. this is the end of what he needed to solve. Yes, a... and it was the what he needed to solve was in fact the void in his soul. Right, what he, what he <laughs> right. needed to solve was the hole at the center of his being, um, and putting aside forty years of petty jealousies to hang out with your friend to experience their work to admit that you liked his work this entire time i mean there's that there's that that sweet moment at the end where he reveals that he's been reading you know the books the entire time and and he read some of them multiple times that he liked them so much and but he there's just that that pettiness that stubbornness that smallness that won't let you just admit something like that that yeah. that lurks at the heart of man that is so fucking devastating that is so it just keeps us from loving each other man yeah. <laughs> not a funny know, thing man. you just said but the delivery no <laughs> keeps us from loving each other and loving ourselves man yeah man totally man i get it dude it's just fucked fucking, up man. it fucks it up dude 
Set aside, yeah. man. Put aside your little ego and, and, and embrace. Embrace each other. Embrace yourselves, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. All we are is Dustin wins, dude. All we are. Come on. Brah. <laughs> fucking, <laughs> fucking embrace it, my broheem. Just just unload. Just let yourself have it, dog. Yeah. Let yourself have these tenuous bits of human connection because they're all we fucking have. <laughs> they're all we got. The world is terrible. Roe v. Wade just got overturned right now as we are recording this. Like, man, let let yourself connect and bond with people because it's literally all we have. <laughs> I don't know if our listeners believe in God, but if you don't, like, man, this is all we got. So fucking put aside your smallness, your petty jealousies, reach out. Don't let yourself fucking close yourself in. And I'm as guilty as that as anyone. I'm not some guru. I don't live some perfect life. But like, goddamn, reach out and fucking touch faith. Grab somebody. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Touch some grass. And by grass, we mean like your fellow. Friends. <laughs> your fellow humans. Consensually touch grass. And by grass, I mean your friends. <laughs> Grab, <laughs> touch grass when grass desires to be touched. You know, yes. if you're like, hush, I haven't hung out with grass in a while. I like grass. We get along. Talk to grass. Reach out. If grass appears Fuck. to be reaching out, reach out to the grass. Make plans with grass. You know, you don't know what That's grass is going through. Maybe, maybe <laughs> grass could really use a friend to hang out with yeah. right now. Never know. Maybe... Maybe you reaching out to grass will just, like, make grass's entire fucking day. Because you don't know. You never know. You don't know. We're all lonely. We're all unsure. We don't understand the future. And we project ourselves to be people that have something together. And then secretly, we're all just, like, insecure nobodies who don't understand our place in society. Fucking reach out. Touch grass. <laughs> and again, grass is your friend. I didn't society. know the Roe v. Wade thing uh, until you just said it. And I'm... What? Yeah, it like just happened. Like while while we are doing this, um, I'm sorry, I did open Twitter.com while we were doing a podcast. I've noticed that and, my Twitter has so many notifications on it, and uh -huh. I haven't been looking. People but... be tweeting at this exact moment yeah. as like rights are being taken away from people in this very moment. And it's like, goddamn, this interpersonal connection is all we fucking have because people in power aren't looking out for us, aren't looking out for you. You know, um, are, are like, we all know that. And like, yeah. I'm not saying like, don't vote. I'm not saying don't get involved. Obviously, I'm not saying that uh, because there is one option that is certainly better than the other. But like, no one is really looking out for you except for each other, except for right. people on your level. Um, yeah, get involved in your neighborhood, your town, make people... Uh, that's why I go to not even speaking people. politically like, like, get involved no, interpersonal like, connection like, spread joy have a place that you go all the time so that when you go your presence makes people happy have a park you go yeah. all the time so that when you go that one little corner you go makes you happy you know what I mean like right. small shit the shit that like actually intersects and overlaps with your day to day that's the stuff that we need to be like investing in um, to use a that's right very monetarily based term in a non monetarily um, based way, like make the as you as you get older. I don't imagine we have very many young 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 people listening to this, but if we do, what's up? But like we're all approaching or right at or just beyond thirty, um, and yep. and like any of our listeners who are older than that will also be like, yeah, the older you get, the fewer friends you have, but the better they are. Like, yeah. pay attention to that shit, right? Like, 
that the fuck this episode is so much that right like these two yeah. older fucking guys who've been bitter for so long were like sitting down next to each other and realizing like you're the last fucking person I was young with that's around uh and like yeah dude finding that few group of friends that small group of friends and like being able to do anything like go to a coffee shop or go hit fucking golf balls or go watch a movie or just like sit and drink at a bar while sports ball is on like that's just important that's the shit that we need to focus on like hanging out building building those connections yeah uh investing in our community in an hour not like not like your town's community like your personal your in your head community <laughs> that's what i mean that's, right. that's what wait was what we mean your like-minded people or people that you have formed connections with or could form connections with you know like yeah that's all we fucking have and i know i've said that like several times but like all of my favorite tv shows come back to that conclusion essentially you know uh that was what the fucking thesis of community was about obviously um sure. that is the fucking grand conclusion of lost that we like literally build afterlives together you know like that is the 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 beautiful conclusion that that we all can reach and Yet we are so reticent often to to do it and 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 do it correctly and and do it in the way that we would like to see it done, um, and we let these things fester for so long. We don't reach out to people for so long, and suddenly forty years have gone by, yeah. and you are harboring the same petty jealousies of yeah. four decades. And the longer you let them fucking sit. The more that moment you realize they're dumb makes you feel dumb, right? Like, yeah, a 10-year, like, fuck this person. And then you run into them and you're like, I don't know why. is so much less personally embarrassing than if you let it go 40 years and you run into them and you're like, oh, my God. Most of my life I've uh, kept myself from maybe being friends with this person for a reason that's fucking trivial at best. Yeah, A Not moment... Worth. Of vulnerability, of like uh, confessing you made a mistake or or expressing that you wish something was different with someone, can completely change things. I'm not saying it always will, but like the that that brief moment yeah. of vulnerability is worth not letting it languish for forty years. Yeah, you know, and yeah. like I hate to be morbid, but people fucking die. Yeah. And you will feel so much worse not resolving these things with people you wish you resolved things with. Yeah, 100%. Than if you let it go until they die. And not even of old age. People unfortunately die all the time of all sorts of shit. This is an unfriendly world, you yeah. know? And it's not like an unfriendly world in the way that like, oh no, they got cancer. I had better make, better make time. It's an unfriendly world and like, Oh, they got in a car accident and they're gone. Like that shit yeah. happens to me recent, not recently, recently, but like sometimes Most people are just gone. And you're die, like, oh. Drives these two ton death machines yeah. every day. Yeah, and like this shit unfortunately happens. There's so many like people from my high school of my graduating class that are just like dead from car accidents. You know. Yeah. Um, or like heroin overdoses. Like people my age. You know. Yeah, um, and like. 
there, fucking random I, ass place that has, is not hospitable. Yeah. And depending on, like, I know various people believe different things, but, like, you don't know. No. So you might as well, before that period gets put at the end of the sentence, like, you might as well try and add some things to it. Because, yeah. like, you don't know. Yeah. 100%. You don't. I believe various things, but, like. At any time, you know, honestly, for me. Yeah. Yeah, from from various moments throughout the day, it my, my feelings on it are different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and and anyway, I don't know. That's what this fucking episode's about. It sounds like we're off topic, but we're really not. No, we're that's really what not. This is and all like about. even more, even more on topic, right? Is that like since this episode's come out, fucking William Hurt's died, and like his character in this does very much seem like he doesn't have a ton of time. And like, we had—I think we had the conversation a couple of weeks ago talking about the CW Longbottom not coming back and whether or not it was, you know, scandal-based or if it was just like we, we discovered see, that F. Murray Abraham's fucking eighty-two, and like not a maybe, young man, not maybe a he's ticket. just done, and maybe that was added to by the fact that he just acted with William Hurt, who was ten years younger than him, and then who passed. And then maybe there's a chance that F. Murray Abraham was like, you know what? I'll spend a little more time with my grandkids because I can or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, of all the things we're saying, fucking William Hurts passed because He's he got gone. sick and did, just didn't didn't beat it. Um, and, like, that shit happens all the time. Happens all the time. You know, like, I think it's come up various times on this very podcast, but, like, you know, my dad died. Yeah. <laughs> Not that long ago. Died in December. I went to his his funeral in late March. You know, like that shit happens, and that yeah. will remain unresolved for my entire life going yeah. forward. You know, like that that fucking complicated relationship will continue. That's it. That's what it is, it, and that oh. is now like the definitive statement on the entire thing. And, you know, and, and William Hurt is, like, a guy that there is some unfortunately, like, unsavory things in his past. Um, and, but he is gone <laughs> now. Um, and I don't know. We just have this, we have this brief little window. We didn't get to choose it. And you don't really get to choose the people that you encounter, but you can choose who to hang on to, I suppose. Right. Is, or is or at least what. try to hang on to. Right? Try like, to hang on to. Yeah. You have you have people that you can choose not to give up on. Right? right. There there you can choose to go, you know what? Actually, I'm going to try and figure this out. Yeah. More than you're going to say, you know what? Fuck it. Because fuck it doesn't really and never hardly solves anything. And of course, don't get me wrong, there are times when like it's absolutely healthy to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You're like, this is no longer worth the emotional investment. Like yeah. me and my dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. There are absolutely times where that is the correct response. Yeah. But I think that uh, it's probably safe to say more often than not. It's probably something that, like, if you just, like, sat down and went, that hurt, or I fucked up, the other person would be like, that hurt, or, like, I fucked up. And then yeah. you can just, like, not feel that way anymore and move past it right and you know sometimes the other person probably feels the same way you know what i mean like yeah. 
sometimes it's like, yeah, damn, I do wish I had done a better job of this. And you sit there, like, with your friends who live in your area, and you're like, oh, I wish I hung out with this person more. Oh, well, moving on. <laughs> and you're like, no, you can fix, that's a fixable problem. Yeah. Oh, the number of that's times where you where you say something and the other person's like, I was thinking the same thing. It's like, damn. So not only was this about some shit that was dumb and we mostly forgot it, but we hey. also wanted to move past it for as long as we, yeah, oh, good, good. Because mm-hmm. humans, mm-hmm. Uh, beyond being fragile and vulnerable, are also wicked dumb. Humans no, are sure. wicked dumb. And we'll be like, I mean, so yeah, often- I'm kind of over that. We're short-sighted. We don't have our best interests at heart. (laughs) Our own best interests at heart, personally or as a species. Yeah. Personally or aspirationally, sometimes even. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're messy fucking people. And the best part about messy fucking people is that there's no absolutes, except for, in this case, that it ends eventually. So fucking get muddy, get dirty, play with that shit. (laughs) Fucking figure it out. Let's just yeah. wait for it to be savory. That's right. And, uh, I mean, that is what this episode of Mythic Quest is truly all about. Yeah. And and that's a good piece of TV that can ring this kind of fucking conversation yeah. out of people. You know? Um, that's that's inspiring stuff. It's the it's what this show is somehow best suited to doing. Yeah. And I simply comedy. suggest you... Yeah. <laughs> about a video game studio is somehow like did two uh great drama episodes about <laughs> literature and uh and it and it worked yeah. and i say do it you know obviously do a different thing but like follow this follow this thread that y'all seem very interested in following i, I say go for it yeah why not why not yeah. i would watch yeah. every single episode just the same absolutely and uh and and i'm sure we will watch them and we will talk about them if you know maybe potentially later this year season Ooh. three starts coming out so um you know we're about to read a bunch of books and then hopefully by the time we're done with those books there will be more mythic quest and or witcher to yeah. talk about yeah that's the by hope, time we get right? there that's the hope that's the hope and there will at least be that witcher spinoff series with michelle yo um sure. Which, sure, we can talk about... We'll talk about Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, I don't fucking... Always. No, I'm not, like, marrying us to talking about it, but probably not, sounds good. Probably uh, can get something out of that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's the year of Michelle Yeoh, and we're all just living in it. Yep. And uh, we're, making, we're making that work. Yeah, we'll, we'll fucking... I don't know. We'll figure it out. I don't know how we got to talking about... I I think about the show too far in advance is is part of the issue. No, that's a good thing, though. That's a good thing. To, that's a good uh, trait. Uh, One of sometimes. us has to. <laughs> yeah sure sure sometimes um that's my job uh one of my jobs on the show is uh just make sure you know we have like a schedule we have like a plan and uh that's what i'm doing here folks yeah. folks yeah um so yeah i mean as a resolution of of carl longbottom this is a remarkably strong emotional and thematic and overarching finish for this character rachel is kind of mostly just there but I understand why she has to be like. Yeah, it makes a lot needs, of sense. He why. needs someone to. He needs someone to talk to. He needs someone to bounce off of and exposit and and people to advance the plot. Makes a certain amount of sense for it to be Rachel, for various reasons as we talked about underutilized character, um, and 
it can't be Ian in this scenario. Ian would wedge himself into it too much. Yeah. I think Poppy... Or he would just fucking leave. Yeah, or just leave and fuck off and, like, leave CW's trend. Dump it by the side of the road when he's having the... the when he's too drunk, you know, when he's, like, very ill. Um, Poppy's a little too broad. Uh, could have been Dana, I guess, if you're just, like, choosing from the cast of, of Mythic Quest. No, but we got um, <coughs> more Rachel. Who is our yeah, other which is favorite good. thing to talk about? A strong, a strong shot. I couldn't remember how much she had to do in this episode. And the answer is not a whole lot, but a decent, like steady hand sort of presence here. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, a level head in this very odd uh, sort of sort of back and forth scenario, and uh, and we're and we're grateful for it. Thank you, Rachel, for being very, very. here, for dumping CW back, um, and uh, and then you see the daughter and you're like wow that's really good casting and you're like oh it's the same person <laughs> oh, oh wait yeah her her hair just looked different and there is someone on russian doll season two that looks a lot like that actor in the 70s and i was like is that the same person it's not the same person <laughs> different person I'm just telling you now um in case you ever watch russian doll uh which you might for this podcast one day someday you never know it's definitely on the table of things we could talk about. Two seasons, yeah. two seasons, like eight episodes and... each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our that's our Very jam. We'll we probably be on the bracket, you know, because yeah. we're uh, next year's bracket, which is theoretically like sixteen under sixteen things that would take us less than sixteen weeks to cover. Right. Russian Doll is a fucking easy one on there. Fleabag, obviously, on there. Yep. Uh, Barry on there. Uh, also, Ted, La- Ted Lasso was on this one. Anyway. Ted Lasso could be on there. Depends on how this, how many episodes are in this third season that I'm sure we're going to get sooner rather than later. Oh, let's um, hope. So, I need it. Come on, give it to me. I heard I Brett it. Goldstein talk recently, not as Roy Kent. And yeah. it's like... He's the most... He's, just he's like, like a yard gnome, dog. He's just he's like, like, hey, what's gnome. going on? <laughs> My name is Brett Goldstein. Yeah. Yeah, he's a You're fucking like, yard oh. gnome. He sounds so pleasant. You're like, oh. Hello. Yeah. I love films. I love talking about movies, you know? And he's, yeah. you're like, wow. <laughs> I know that actors act. I'm not an idiot. But it's like, he's just a completely different guy. He's yeah. just like, he doesn't sound the same. He doesn't act the same. It's funny. Good. Congrats on that Emmy, my good man. Who's to be buried with? Today we're talking about Space Jam. And you're like, oh, wow. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, um, yeah it seems like a nice little guy. <laughs> Yeah, very much. He's like a nice little man. It's just really funny when in in Ted Lasso, he's like, Oi! No! Fuck fuck off! Get (laughs) out of here! Jamie Todd! I love him. I love Roy Kent. (laughs) Yeah, Roy Kent's the shit. I feel right, Roy Kent. He's here. He's there. He's He's every fucking way. Roy Roy Kent! Roy Kent! I think that show, unfortunately, just had a bunch of, like, weirdos who were like, this is what we need for society. And it's like, no, y'all, it's just like a good show about like a side. <laughs> it's just, like, yeah, actually, chill. Uh, like, what if it was just chill. a good show? What if it was like a, like, it's not the solution to humanity's problems. It's like when a, like the wrong movie wins best picture and people get like mad at it. And it's like, it was like a nice little movie. And unfortunately it won the best picture. And now everyone's <laughs> like super weird about it. Yeah. It would have been better if this was like a little thing that you're like, Oh wow, that was nice. Right, right. Instead, oh, wow. instead now you have to think about it with more cachet than it. Bunch of fucking weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sounds uh, great. Uh, yeah. Mythic Quest. Yeah, no wonder they had to fucking uh, push that uh, Ian and Poppy story forward. Uh, because there's only two fucking episodes of this season left. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be done with Mythic Quest next week. Fucking wild. Ain't that something? And then it's Kevin's turn to choose a movie. I think I know what it's going to be. I think I've decided what it's going to be. It's a movie that is uh, hard to find. And I have a little, I have a little video file I can share with uh, my co-hosts because it's a movie. It's a film that's a little hard to track down, if you know what I mean. Um, Yes, yes, yes. But it's great, and uh, it is the only movie that I have watched during quarantine that depicts a world that is in, that is as insane as I feel. Okay. <laughs> this is as insane as I feel the world is all the time now. <laughs> it, sure. it gets it. And it was made in 1971. <laughs> 50 years ago. It perfectly it. predicted COVID brain. Um, so it'll oh, be no. great. Oh, uh, no. But we gotta finish Mythic Quest first. Two more episodes. Round out season two. Rock and roll. All Rock night. And roll. And part of every day. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, great. So, uh, got any plugs this week, my friend? Um, my friend Caleb. Uh, I wish I could plug whatever it is that's causing me to still feel like shit. Um, that'd be great. But no, uh, you know, I do a couple of podcasts. Uh, this week you'll be getting a uh, a nerdy bits. Uh, I'm sorry, a uh, MC dudes, which is our Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe podcast episode. Uh, on Doctor Strange because my co-host is going to see it currently. Yes, and that's I'll be going up. That's to see about it. to come out. Yeah, and I'll be going to see it Wednesday night, and then uh, we got an episode of the Nerdy Bits show this week, and I'm still digging for uh, guests for the next Bounty Board episode. So you know, go to nerdybits.com, check out all of our stuff, and um, yeah. yeah, that's all I got. What you got? Hell yeah. Uh, you know, I, uh, just, you know, shot some, uh, uh, film, uh, my first one that I ever did not, uh, write or direct, uh, just, just camera, which is weird for a guy with a screenwriting degree, uh, but life, uh, is full of twists and turns, uh, so be on the lookout for big, sad, and, uh, hey, I am available, and I do come with my own camera, um, I also have, I just received my second sale of the webcomic I was yes. doing through quarantine, Patty Plague Doc. Um, a thing I was doing as a hobby. I am no great visual artist. I don't really draw. I know how to draw one thing, and it's this one character that I made up. Uh, prints of that are for sale. You can buy very reasonable rates. You get like four to six uh, comics per page. So that's that's something, you know? Uh, yeah. Very reasonable rates. I will ship it to you. I will buy a protective plastic binder and I will put it in the box and I will ship it to you. Um, and it will arrive to you safe and sound. I'm about <laughs> to ship out my second one tomorrow. It's weird. Again, I am not an artist. I do not know how this happened. But <laughs> I'm not happening, looking the, so. I But I ain't mad about it. I ain't <laughs> right. upset. Um, so that is a thing that I do now. I should get back to drawing that comic, Patty Plague Doc, P A T T Y, on Instagram, thread on Twitter, and uh, and by the time you're listening to this, uh, the the second episode of Crazy X Pod 
friends will have dropped my show where I'm revisiting Crazy Ex-Girlfriend with my friend and several other friends. And we're having a great time talking about that great musical comedy television show. The best musical show in the history of television. I don't feel like second place is even close, whatever that might be. Um, take that, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Yes, of course, Copra, Cop Rock. Uh, interesting show. I might have to make some content about Cop Rock because it is fascinating. It is a fascinating piece of television. Um, talk about things that uh, you can watch on YouTube. Oh. <laughs> uh, so that's that. Crazy X-Pod Friends, wherever you're listening to this, you can listen to that, and you can get episodes one week early at patreon.com slash Kevin for as little as $1 a month. And as I mentioned earlier, I have some expenses occurring to me right now. Patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. <laughs> Great way to throw me one dollar. You know what? You don't you you buy one less Arizona tea this month because you gave me a dollar <laughs> instead. Yeah. Buy one less Arnold Palmer because you have given me a tea. You've allowed me to buy an Arnold Palmer, and I thank right. you for that. Uh, New York, expensive place to live. I uh, I've decided yeah. for various reasons to go back to therapy. It is a good call for me personally however expensive caleb <laughs> yeah sure yeah okay um, it costs uh how do you say this uh money costs it's a pretty not penny. little it's not little yes and like if that therapist says hey you should go on antidepressants that will also cost me money oh this what funny thing is a real sucker <laughs> This is a fucking, fucking racket. Hate it. Caleb. It's a racket, dude. I'm starting oh, to question the American I, healthcore system. I yeah, previously thought it perfect and, yeah. and impervious to Wait to a question minute. It. I have What's going I on? have questions. What is this? Who okayed where, who where's who approved this? What who fucking stamp this? Hi yeah yay. Um <laughs> so patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. I will plug it again. Um, I, uh, I guess I shoot weddings now. I'm shooting a wedding in September. Uh, yeah. I can shoot your wedding, baby. I'll shoot your wedding. I can shoot your wedding, baby. I can watch you and your wife kiss. <laughs> I couldn't make it rhyme. Cause he says I could kiss away the pain. I was trying to work away, work in the kiss thing and it didn't go. Yeah, it's okay. This, this You're is my shooting second. shooting weddings, not singing at them. Yeah, exactly. I'm not the fucking musical act at your wedding. Get a DJ. Uh, this is also my second Cutwater Pina Colada, 13% alcohol per volume. Um, so perhaps that is why I cannot uh, improv a song at the at the given moment. If you want to hear me improv a song every month, Crazy X Pod Friends, <laughs> where, where I do sing on every episode, and that is something you get to hear. Hey, uh, uh, how, do people, perfect. how do people get that? Uh, wherever they uh, patreon.com slash TV Kevin one week yes. early but available on all the usual podcast platforms the next week but you know you you wanted a week early I know you do yeah, everyone wants it a week early <laughs> I know you do you don't get this show a week early um, well we also frequently delay this show so also yes I also <laughs> I don't often have time to get yeah. it out a week early for you yeah um, but uh, no, this show is this advanced media studies is for the people, right? We're giving this out for everybody. Yeah, it's uh, a little, a little uh, piece of the T-bone steak. Everyone gets a everyone gets this. Okay, you can have this. This is for the people. We're the people's yeah. podcast. But you know, something else. 
I could use a dollar. Uh, let's, let's be honest about our friend TV's Kevin. Uh, we'll be back next week to fucking finish Mythic Quest Season 2. Ain't that something? Yeah, that's wild. And then we will be out of Mythic Quest temporarily. We'll be yeah. out of Mythic Quest shortage. What are we going to do, The Kevin? supply chain of Mythic Quest has slowed down. Well, of course, we're going to talk about a movie. And then... So glad you still have that. Oh, it's gonna stay on my phone, <laughs> on my oh, on my soundboard. 100%. Please, yeah, you'll need it again in like December when after we've read five books. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be good. Be, That's gonna be fun. That's gonna, gonna be gonna interesting. Live. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be good. I'm You're gonna excited. like those books. I think. I yeah, they're it. gonna be good. There's no reason you wouldn't like them. <laughs> yeah, sure. There's not like any weird uh, dated references or anything is there i don't think so i mean there's like <laughs> dated in that like the books are written in the 80s and they make a couple of like contemporary references that you're sure. like yeah who are the what that? yeah I, what i was not alive in 1980s britain i don't know what the fuck you're talking about um what? but beyond that not no not really because most of it takes place in space <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, yeah, so it's great. Uh, and uh, until next time, I hope you enjoy your dinner party. Oh, the great DP action. Oh, next time Jace will probably be here, too. If that's an incentive for yes. you to come back next week. Do y'all yes. miss Jace? You do? I was going to say, we waited for an answer. <laughs> We're not going to hear it. Oh, you yeah. do? Of course they do. Why do you miss Jace? Because oh, okay. Dynamic. Oh, sorry. I'm, I need to change my voice more. <laughs> We're just sick of sick of these two chuckle fucks going. Yeah, back everyone's and forth. tired of idleness for sure. We spent most of Community Season One just the two of us, and uh, and then people got too used to the Jace. Fucking Immortan Joe. Do not get used to Jace. <laughs> it will make you weak, and you will resent their absence. Ah. Uh. Hey, good movie. We should talk about that movie at some point. We should. That movie fucking rules. This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales. Dinner party.